0: All right, well, welcome in, hockey fans, to a special early edition of uh, the Great West College Hockey Podcast. Scott Strandy with you tonight from beautiful Tempe, Arizona, where it's a balmy 90 degrees. My co host, as always, Stephen Marsh, joining me in from beautiful, vibrant Las Vegas, Nevada. Stephen's got hockey tonight to cover in the uh, form of the American Hockey League. So we're doing a little early tonight. And we've got a great guest coming on tonight. We have the uh, ASU women's head coach, Lindsay Ellis, joining us. We'll talk some ASU women's and ACHA D1 hockey as uh, we do. And uh, we'll bring you up to speed on what's going on. So in in just a minute, we'll have my uh, co-host joining us. I think he's with us now. Stephen, how are you in that beautiful, vibrant city of Las Vegas, Nevada?
1: You threw me for a loop because we we're going to start at four o'clock, and I thought we were going to have all this opens and stuff. So I was like, I got another minute. Or <laughs> yeah, two. okay.
0: Here's the problem: as you know, I've been having all kinds of technical issues oh, that's with right. telephones, and uh, right at the, about the last hour, my phones have decided to gone crazy on me, and I can't pull up any of the ads oh, no. or anything <laughs> like that. And the open didn't appear. So um, yeah, it's a little bit of a cluster um i still got my head on my shoulders which is a good thing uh- <laughs> that, that
1: that is a good thing yes that is a we good got thing. hockey
0: you've got hockey tonight um you've got a ahl game correct
1: yeah yeah absolutely i've got the uh, henderson silver knights and the bakersfield condors
0: so we'll get that taken care of and that's why we're going a little early tonight and,
1: and i don't have any phone issues so it should be no problem
0: well good for you i'm glad to hear that <laughs> anyway uh as we uh, get ready to rock and roll tonight we've got uh the head coach from arizona state lindsey ellis joining us and, and i'm kind of technically challenged on all aspects today steven so i don't even have um access to the uh the new rankings at the moment so if you want to start the show off by just uh talking about the men's ACHA d1 rankings and who's number one and go from there
1: sure yeah i sent them to you but if you're having phone problems you probably can't get them but that's okay I never did get them
0: no i did not <laughs> okay. well I, actually i did see them for a short period of time <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. You need to write a book, book Scott. I mean,
0: so- a book or a multiple book. books.
1: Multiple books, bro. Yeah,
0: remember we talked about this, Stephen? <laughs> if it's
1: not one thing, it's another thing. If it's not another yeah. thing, it's another other thing. <laughs> All right, we All understand
0: that. Right. We understand my issues. Let's move on and talk about. <laughs> I think we should <laughs> talk about your
1: issues some more. I think people want to hear. <laughs> Oh, nobody. <laughs> Turn this into wants- an episode of Dr. Phil or
0: something. <laughs> nobody wants to hear about my issues. Ah, oh, goodness. OK, uh, tell us what you got.
1: So the uh, the yes, the new rankings came out and we have a tie now at first place. And again, we should preface this. This is not computer rankings yet. Those won't take place for another month or so. So this is still a lot of voting based, I, I believe, by coaches. I I think that's how it's determined and so let's take these with a grain of salt but it's it's getting something to talk about and it gives teams uh excited that their name and is by a number or wherever and so we have the new rankings and we now have a tie on top the top of the uh, list and that is UNLV and Minot State UNLV getting 18 first place votes Minot State getting 11 first place votes but total points they're both tied so they're technically tied for first uh UNLV played a uh, couple of games against Alaska Anchorage of the NCAA last week and and lost both those games, but they didn't play any ACHA competition. Minot State did play, uh, and they won both both their games, so uh, pretty handily. So they're they're tied at number one. Number three is Adrian. Um, Number four is Central Oklahoma. Number five, Liberty. Uh, Stony Brook, number six. Ohio, number seven. Uh, Indiana Tech, number eight. Maryville number nine, Jamestown number ten, and people want, people can see the full list on the ACHA website. I'm, for time purposes, we'll just mention teams that are significant to us. Arizona State is number twelve. Uh, they were thirteen. They had a great weekend against GCU. They uh, swept them at uh, at Arizona State at uh, Oceanside uh, last weekend. So they they they're still undefeated. They're six and zero. And then let's look at Missouri State is number eighteen uh that's a drop down of one spot from last week even though they won their games uh arizona didn't play so so they uh they're 20 utah's number 21 and uh, so that's it from wchl teams color um grand canyons in receiving votes colorado colorado state all in receiving votes as well so a lot of our uh, wchl teams are, are doing quite well in the early going teams that maybe we didn't expect at the beginning of the season would, would have the, uh, the start that they have. And, and, and they are so, um, you know, you got a team like Arizona state who's m- much improved and they are looking to, uh, to continue to do really well. And, and they're, they're continuing to uh, impress in the early going. So Arizona state is, is a number 12 team. Uh, so yeah. So that's a look at the rankings. It's again. It's very early in the season, still a lot to be determined. These aren't even computer rankings, so I guess it really won't matter too much until we start seeing those, but it does give us a little fodder to talk about on shows like this.
0: Absolutely, and that's that's the stuff that we do.
1: <laughs> yeah, so we appreciate these being out. It does give us something to talk about because there's never anything to talk about on this show.
0: <laughs> yeah, never, never, right? Um, so... You don't happen to have the uh, the women's rankings there by chance, do you? Since we have Coach Ellis coming on here in just a few minutes,
1: I, I don't know if they have any of those. I don't know if they, if they did
0: a ranking for that we'll, yet. They we'll might. find we'll find out from her in just a minute.
1: I didn't see anything on the website if that's what you're referring to. I, I don't know if they wait till the. Uh, there's not that many teams in, in as many teams in the women's, so I don't know if they wait until the uh, the computer uh, take, kicks in or not for those rankings. I didn't see anything on the women's side of things for, for rankings yet. Okay. Well, um, but they had a, but, we, but. we talked about Arizona State. They had a the women's team. They had a big a uh, week, of course. They had a they got to christen uh, um, Molot Arena before the uh, NCAA uh, air men did uh, in their new barn. So that's that's exciting for them. Absolutely. And I know
0: they've been practicing over there. At least I know that's what security told me yesterday when I was uh, going into the building that they've been practicing there. So we'll find out from Coach Ellis here in just a little bit. Um, the the beauty of it, Steven, is that the ACHA teams are playing all over the place right now. Like Vegas just came back from Alaska and uh, we know that they, they fared pretty well the second night anyway.
1: They did. Yes. they. Uh, kudos to them for doing that. I, I would have been interested to see uh, how they would have did if They would have had a second game against Denver, if it would have been a lot closer, probably not, but, but, Alaska Anchorage of course not on Denver's level when it comes to NCAA uh, skill but still an NCAA program and the first night yes it went all Alaska's way and ain't nothing game but then the second night uh, UNLV a great goaltending uh, it, that they had by Pavilson and Ned and they it was only a 2 to 1 game they actually uh, Alaska scored a third goal but but just something and then but then the goal was disallowed which is you know they had they actually looked at a video replay which is something you don't get the benefit really of of acha games but of course being in an ncaa in, uh hosted event they they were able to to have that i believe that's how it was overturned they did look at it and overturned it so uh so it was quite interesting it ended up being a 2-1 game but UNLV had chances to to tie that game uh they actually led in that game for for a while there until alaska uh, tied and then eventually took the lead and won but so yeah, I think another successful weekend for UNLV. Not getting the wins uh, up there, but I think still, I think still uh, would, would be very uh, pleased with how things went overall. Um, you know, eight nothing score maybe not ideal, but uh, but still, I think to compete like that against an NCAA program uh, the next night and, and and playing pretty tough, I think says a lot. And this is this is different because you had the the denver game which of course again denver's like a whole nother level um almost uh, in regards to that but that was the very first game of the season for both denver and for for unlv but for now that we've had a couple of games so a couple of weeks of, of games that unlv has had alaska's already had some competition they've already played some ncaa games so they've already kind of in their in their mode a little bit um it, it just says something that that the, the game was a little bit close like that on the, on the night. It wasn't like you were coming into a start of a season where maybe there's some rust on both sides. So, so yeah, I mean, that's this, that goes to say something there. Yeah, I
0: totally agree with you. I think, uh, you know, and, and we know that uh, Anchorage is coming to play Arizona state NCAA and then coming up to Vegas here in about a month or so. And, and uh, they'll be playing Liberty. And, uh and of course uh unlv again and then liberty and unlv will play so exciting times in the world of hockey um you know that i'm down here uh in tempe right now and saw uh, some some arizona state hockey um, ncaa rankings last week and i'll see him again this weekend so that's uh that's always fun on my end of it um it's uh you know i had a chance to go into mullet and of course attached to mullet Stephen, is the mountain america credit union uh, community iceplex and uh, that's the first time i had a chance to see it was tuesday morning wow what a what a nice setup that is it, it's it's attached to mullet arena steven but it, you'd never know it unless you wanted to know it but it it you know they're they're that close it's just it's a really neat and uh, yet different environment if you uh, if you will so uh it's gonna be a lot of fun
1: yeah it just it just is it's just so amazing to me and i know you guys have talked about it when you guys were reflecting on the weekend on your on the NCA programs that we have but uh, i was just thinking about it just from a you know because i've been to oceanside one one weekend for for the, when you played at arizona state one one weekend and so i've been in that building and i and i and it always was amazing to me because i knew that you know we had this program that was an nca program too and i'm thinking man an nca program has to play in this building too it'd be so it'd be so nice when they actually can get a a facility that would be like that would be like to be proud of you know as an nca program and then now we're at this moment where they have that and it's uh it's a you know it's a beautiful place from from the pictures and videos i've seen and it's just amazing that you've come from a place like oceanside ice arena uh, to now you have Molot Arena. And I think about other programs that maybe are trying to, to get to the NCA level and thinking about what it will take. And, and I, of course, I'll go back to what's happening here in Vegas with UNLV and their pursuits. And, and they play at City National Arena too, which is a nice place. It's got some seats, but it's it's a small building. And then they had a the chance to play at the Dollar Loan Center this year and thinking, well, this would be great if they can play more games in here, 5,000-seat ring, about the same size of what Molot Arena is. And, and or of course, there's also talks that there's other – there's going to be another ice facility built out here in Vegas somewhere that the Golden Knights will will do, and and maybe that'll be a place where UNLV will can have their home uh, for when they are at, going to be at the next level of when that takes place at some point. So, it, it's just uh, it's just amazing to see the, the continued growth of, of hockey and how how the ACHA can play into that too. Just you know that. Have these crossover games um, with with NCA opponents? Uh, we saw that in, this weekend with some teams didn't play NCAA Division One opponents, but played Division Three opponents and and contended well with those uh, teams in those matchups. So it's just uh, it's just cool to see that the ACHA is is I think continues to elevate themselves when they are um, when they can put on a good show for an NCAA exhibition matchup. Uh, whether it be a Division three team or Division two or, or one team that they might play at that level, so it's uh, it's pretty remarkable uh, how far things have come along. Even just in the time that I've been following it as closely as I have, it seems like it's really even in that time frame has continued to elevate itself. So, you know, let it's only imagine yeah, another five that, years from now where it's gonna where we'll think where things might stand.
0: I totally agree with you. Well, let's not wait any longer. Let's bring on our special guest tonight, the head coach from Arizona state women's hockey. It's been way too long since we talked to Lindsay Ellis, but, uh, Lindsay Scott and Steven with you tonight. First of all, how are you? And I'll tell you what, it's nice to be back here in the uh, sunshine.
2: <laughs> I am doing well. Thank you for having me back on.
0: Okay. So where do we start? I had a chance to uh, be at the grand opening of Mullet arena on uh, Friday. Uh, I had a chance to watch both games on the weekend on the NCAA side. Then I went uh, a Tuesday morning for their uh, um, their morning scale or their practice and uh, press conference. And then the security guard told me, Hey, just miss the women's team. They were over here on the, uh, on the, uh, mountain America credit union ice. So uh, how many times have you been on there and how good is it?
2: Yeah. So we've only been there since, uh, Wednesday of last week. So it's actually been a week since, uh, from today, but, I mean, that rink is gorgeous, obviously a step up from Oceanside. Um, But, I mean, we're just thankful that we're able to play there already. And, um, you know, even just being able to practice on that practice rink at the new rink is just, it it really gives the girls a sense of pride and, you know, being able to represent ASU at an ASU rink. We've never been able to do that in program history, so it's really exciting.
0: What, What was it like stepping out on the mullet? a main ice rink, uh, on Wednesday last week when you were, you were, uh, playing your game against grand Canyon and you had all those seats around you and you had the sound system going and all that, uh, was it kind of surreal?
2: I would definitely say so. Obviously it's just so different. Um, you know, to, to come from Oceanside, we're so used to the homey atmosphere. Um, and just going in there and seeing all the people and all the sounds and you know being able to watch the crowd react to what's happening during the game we just haven't had that so it was just very exciting for us to you know finally have a true college hockey rink atmosphere
0: okay so that obviously has to help with uh, the recruiting pitch down the road uh i know coach powers is thrilled to have it as well but what's it been like from your girls what are they talking about what are your recruits talking about and how much can it really elevate you? Uh, you? We know the success that you've been having, but a national tournament's on the horizon without a doubt.
2: Yeah, it's, it's obviously a lot different in terms of recruiting um, in the past even just year just because we've really elevated our program. Uh, this year we have 15 new players, but once we started posting about the new rink and all that, I've gotten a lot more emails um, just <laughs> from girls seeing pictures of it, girls seeing our team playing in that rink and um i think that creates a bit of excitement that other teams don't have
0: okay i'm gonna let steven jump in in a minute i promise but um right now i gotta ask you what it's like for the girls and yourself to to see that rink every day on campus i don't even know if the girls have to have to drive over there they can probably walk but uh that's got to be such a neat feeling as well
2: yeah it's it's very exciting um I think just, um, you know, being able to be on campus is just a very different feel. In the morning, we're the first people at the rink. When we leave, there's a private lesson. So there's really nobody there but us in the mornings. And now there's students walking to class. You know, you have some of the other ASU teams practicing on the field behind us, and it just feels a lot more inclusive. And, you know, I, I think it's gonna elevate just the ASU pride a little bit more in our team because now we're actually on campus.
0: All right, Stephen, take it away. Ask you some questions about how this team is doing this year.
1: Yeah, I yeah, was where, exactly where I was going to go. So it's early in the season. You had your big game against uh, Grand Canyon on Wednesday there. Um, in the early going, what have you seen from the team that um, that you've been impressed by uh, in your in, in the way the team has played in the early going?
2: Yeah, I'm really impressed with our team this year. We've been able to really control games and that shows and, you know, our our shots for and shots against that, you know, we've been able to control most of our game and um, it's been a little bit of a struggle with 15 new girls on, you know, our new systems and getting everybody on the same page, but it's really starting to click and we saw that with GCU. So um, I'm excited for it to continue to keep getting better and this group is so skilled that You know, I I think the sky's the limit.
1: I want to ask about uh, particularly about um, uh, Walker, um, Mason Walker. She got the first goal for your your guys' um, squad on Wednesday and the first goal at Mullet Arena. So talk about her and what and what she brings to the team and how excited it was just to see her have that distinction.
2: Yeah, I mean, I I was really hoping we were going to get the first goal no matter what, Um, but just to have Mason, you know, get like the senior season canceled at Plattsburgh and kind of thinking, you know, my hockey career is over and I'm going to be going into the professional world now, that was the thought process for Mason. And now to be able to have this and 22 seconds into the game score that goal, I mean, that's just so awesome.
0: Okay, so if I'm not mistaken, Lindsay, you guys are getting ready to hit the road to uh, to go out east. Am I right on that?
2: Yes, we leave tomorrow.
0: Ah, <laughs> uh, what a trip! You're going out to Boston. Uh, you have UMass uh, Amherst, and uh, you have Rhode Island on that trip. So I know you guys are used to being road warriors, but is it different every year? Or does it uh, are there familiar things for you?
2: Um, I would say it's probably a little different. Um, I think the first road trip of any season with a team is just so exciting. Um, you know, being able to bond not just the players, but the coaches too and um I just think it's really important for the camaraderie of the team, you know, let alone just the hockey part, but um I just think camaraderie-wise it brings the team so much closer.
0: What do you know about these uh these two teams you're going to face up there? You'll get two like I said against uh umass amherst but then you get rhode island um and and for you guys you're used to it right it's friday saturday sunday three games three days long trip but uh, what do you know about those teams and what do you expect out of them
2: yeah we uh we played umass last year and went one and one um so we we know their play a little bit it's a little bit more structured in terms of um, what we're used to in the Western Conference, so we're excited to you know play a ranked team early on in the season um, and get those games in and kind of show them that this is a team that would be at national. So how do we, you know, how do we compare to them? How are we going to do against them? So I think it's important that um, we got them on the schedule quickly.
0: All right, Steven. Uh, I want to know.
1: Like we, we we were reading over the men's uh, rankings, which aren't computer rankings yet; they're more of a more of a voting type thing. Um, when when do the w- women's f- uh, first get their uh, rankings? Is that in November when the computer rankings kick in, or, or, is, or is there any sort of uh, other other ranking system that is put out there beforehand?
2: We have to wait till the computer rankings, so we haven't had an official ranking yet.
0: Okay, so we know the rankings aren't there. Uh, Give us a little breakdown again about the WCHL and what's happened over the years, because COVID put a dent in everybody's lifestyle. And uh, you guys, uh, if you're familiar with what I did last year, I used the word relevant, Lindsay, because I thought programs that were serious about ACHA hockey had to stay relevant. You know, uh, even NCAA teams had to stay relevant during the pandemic. But this year I'm using cohesiveness as my word of the year, if you will. Um, so, how did you guys get through the the relevant part, staying relevant, and now what are you doing to stay cohesive and work towards a national tournament and hopefully a national championship?
2: Yeah, um, I think we never really used it as an excuse. You know, it was still um, kind of business as normal. Our recruiting, we had a lot more time for recruiting during that COVID year, and now I think it really shows with our roster. You know, how much we were able to do in that year because of the, just the peer elevation of our team from last year to this year. Um, and I think that's you know something that we took out of that and brought into the future of our program.
0: So maybe for people that haven't seen your team play yet, where, where does the strength lie? Is it goaltending, defense, uh, offense? Where, where do you think you're the strongest and where would you like to see some improvement during the course of the year?
2: Yeah, honestly, I think we have strong, um, you know, all three of our units are very strong this year. And I can't say that we've had that in years past, we have 29 players. So being able to dress 21 healthy people per game was really important for us. So, um, we do have scratches and that was important for us going into this year. So I think that's important for us to, you know, have three strong units on the ice is to have that many people.
0: All right, Stephen, you got some WCHL, WWCHL questions.
1: Yeah, I mean, I I guess from your time in the in the WWCHL, um, does it seem like every year the because we talk about it on the men's side of things, how the level of competition seems to get better every year, the teams seem to get better every year. Same same scenario on the women's side.
2: Um, unfortunately, I wouldn't say just yet. Um. I think, you know, I think we can get there, um, maybe within the next five years or so, but I think there's definitely some growing pains that the West still has to go through and we're just not quite there yet.
1: So, so, so you're, so you're saying that basically it's the, right now it's kind of like the same teams are, are, are the ones that are doing well and the other teams haven't been able to kind of step up and join the pack where, where it's more competitive from top to bottom.
2: Yes, correct. Yeah. There's a huge um, disparity between the top of women's D1 and the bottom. And, um, you know, it's, it kind of just is what it is. And that's why we have to play so many non-conference games because the computer rankings have such a high output on uh, your strength of schedule. So that's kind of where we have to prioritize things in terms of our schedule.
0: Lindsay, are there rumblings, uh, around the, uh, the West? Uh, Stephen and I talk about it, Paul and I talk about it on the NCAA side about, uh, how teams seem to be coming through the pandemic real well. And they all have an eye on Arizona state on the men's side, but is that same thing happening on your part? Cause your program is really good. You're doing a fantastic job with it, but are there teams that are going like, Hey, this might be a possibility at UNLV or San Diego state or anywhere yet?
2: Yeah, so um, U of A is joining in 2024, which we're really excited about, obviously. Um, you know, I think that's that's just the peer rivalry of Arizona, ASU versus U of A. So that's something that's we're really excited about and to finally have. And I know people always say like, oh, GCU, but this is a whole nother level. I mean, this is... This is like, whose state is it? Um, So we're excited for that. But there are some other teams that um, are potentially going to join that have reached out. Um, So hopefully they do. And, um, you know, maybe in the next five years, we'll we've talked about having a uh, North and South Western Conference split um, because there is a potential to have more teams. So hopefully um, I can say there's more teams joining in the next few years.
0: You know, you and I talked uh, seven years ago when when you were first starting up this program, and gosh, I can't believe it's been that long already, but um, the things that have happened over the years, and what would you tell – and I'm going to use this as kind of a preference. I, I made a trip this summer to Adrian College, and I saw what they had going on, and um, I said, if you can play seven uh, college hockey teams in one building uh, and then also have four – figure skating programs in that building and only have one ice sheet. Uh, If there's a will, there's a way. So what would you tell uh, other coaches, other schools that may be thinking about it? uh, There's really no reason, if you've got an ice sheet, why you can't play women's ACHA hockey, right?
2: Absolutely, and we're actually seeing that right now in the SEC, Auburn and um, Georgia both have teams now. Um, I, I can't speak for the skill, I haven't watched it, I don't know, but I saw they played each other They posted it on twitter so if hockey is starting in the sec you know that'll probably take off pretty quick
0: yeah without a doubt i also want to touch on your schedule because you always uh, seem to dabble in some ncaa division three and you have st norbert on your schedule again and you're bringing them here how cool is that
2: yeah we're really excited for that last year um, we were supposed to play st kate's and unfortunately it got canceled because of covid protocols um so this will actually be our first ncaa opponent um that is truly hopefully will go on as planned so we're really excited and you know i think it'll be a a good test for us to see kind of where we stand and if you know how far a possible conversation of elevation could be
0: yeah that's exciting steven i promise you can get in here again but i got another one That those games are going to be played uh, on the 30th of December and New Year's Eve. Uh, I know it says TB to be determined as far as the rank, but any chance that that gets over to uh, to Mullet?
2: Fingers crossed. Um, <laughs> the men also play on the 30th and 31st so um, we're in the early afternoon so obviously before them. so fingers crossed that um, you know we'll be able to play there.
0: Okay. And all the practices for you now going on at, uh, mountain America, or are you guys, uh, still doing some at Oceanside too?
2: Yeah, it'll be, um, back and forth a little bit. That, um, kind of depends on, I believe the coyotes practice schedule.
1: Ooh. <laughs> uh, <okay>. <laughs> oh, oh. <laughs> Why do the coyotes have to get in the way? <laughs> yeah. so, be um, nice. <laughs> I know. I know. I'm being nice. I'd be nice. Um, but, but the, when is, when is the when is it going to be fully um, at that at the uh, mullet and that uh, other rink? I mean, Oceanside is going to be going away here at some point, right?
2: Yes, Oceanside will be torn down in March. Um, I personally do not know the answer to that question. Um, sometime within the next nine months, everything will move over.
1: Well, obviously, every t- after 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 March, it'll all be it'll yeah. all be over there. So. <laughs> That's got to be exciting though. That, that, I mean, obviously Oceanside's had its place, but now you're going to be, you're going to be over there. Uh, all the hockey's going to be over there at that, uh, facility, whether it be Mollet or the, the other, the other ice facility, uh, ice make there, that's gotta be exciting just to think that going forward, at least knowing that next season for sure, that's where you'll be going forward.
2: Absolutely. It is exciting. It's a little sad that we're losing an ice sheet. Um, you know, Arizona always needs more ice time, but, um, yeah, it's definitely exciting for our program. Yeah, that's
0: a really good point, and I don't know if a lot of people thought about that, but Oceanside's been around forever, and to be able to have kept that ice would have been one thing, but you know what? Hopefully the success that happens over at Mullet and at Mountain America will uh, will breed some more ice somewhere, because uh, you're, you're correct. They absolutely need it. I also want to ask you, Lindsay, about uh, playing the University of Minnesota, Michigan State, and Michigan. Um, I think you have Michigan on Yeah, you do. You have Michigan on your schedule, but uh, talk about that from the standpoint of competing against big 10 schools who are predominantly really good hockey programs.
2: Yeah, we're really excited, not only just big names and, you know, the collegiate sports industry, but, you know, being able to play again, ranked teams within the ACHA, uh, which will be good games to view in terms of competition. But, um, you know, I think it gets more eyes on both programs that, these two large state schools are playing ACHA women's hockey and neither state has NCAA hockey. So I think it's it kind of will maybe hopefully get people talking about, you know, why, why are these large state schools not having NCAA hockey for women?
0: And this year, if I'm not mistaken, you're going to have your uh, WWCHL regional playoffs in Boulder. Is that correct?
2: Yes, they're in Boulder this year.
0: And then uh, the advancing tournament, of course, goes out to Massachusetts where Stephen's going to be camped down with me for about a week and a half.
2: <laughs> yep, yep, We're, uh, we'll see a little bit of that this weekend, or we'll right. we'll drive through it at least. <laughs>
0: there you go. That's a good start. OK, so um, we've kind of alluded to it, but what is it going to take, Lindsay, in your estimation, to, to elevate your program and other programs to the NCAA level? I mean, we hear talk, we saw it with Lindenwood and the men's side. We know UNLV's uh, trying to get there. San Diego State's got a vision of getting there. Um, what's it going to take from your end on the women's side?
2: Yeah, I think, um, you know, first and foremost, it starts with, um, you know, school support and, you know, just the understanding and the need of it. Um, and then second, financials. Obviously, it's uh, not a cheap sport and the... Eight, or excuse me, the NCAA Division One women's program is, is kind of far in terms of like where teams are at. So it's a lot of travel. Um, so, you know, it, it, I think there's a long way to go. I don't think it's a short term ask of any program or school. Um, but I think, you know, in the 10, next 10 years, I think the landscape of NCAA Division I women's hockey is going to change more than any other sport.
0: You know, I talk with our partners uh, now with Hockey College Hockey Inc. And uh, they say that every time somebody requests a study from them or whatever, they always go to them first with you need to have a men's and women's program. And I'm guessing that's something that you guys really appreciate, too, that they realize the importance of having both.
2: Yeah, um, you know, first and foremost, it starts with the university. And if it, it doesn't fit financially or it's just not a good fit, obviously, you know, that's that's above my pay grade but um I think you know there's this need um because girls hockey is getting so much better that you know this this skill is now dropping down into Division three and Acha and we're seeing all these leagues elevate because there's just not enough room in NCAA Division one so you know in the next 10 years when there's all this influx of higher end players, um, you know, they're going to have to go somewhere. So hopefully there's more D1 teams by that time.
0: I also want to ask you uh, about the uh, development of the youth teams, uh, especially here in Arizona. The Kachinas have done a great job of uh, building awareness and building quality players. But um, is that a recruiting spot for you now? You look over at the Kachina side and go like, ah, oh, a couple of years down the road, I think I might have a couple.
2: Um... Yes and no. Um, You know, we have girls from all over. So obviously, you know, just looking in Arizona would limit us quite a bit. But um, we have started really looking at, you know, one programs, your preparatory programs. And then obviously we have this pipeline for transfer players. So that's kind of our main recruitment line right now, just because, um, you know, we're looking for those higher skilled players.
0: All right, Steven, you got a couple more for Lindsay before we let her go.
1: Yeah, Lindsay. I guess my my next question would be: We've seen so much how the growth of women's hockey in general has is really, you know, it's really exponentially grown. It seems, and I think a lot of that may have to do with with the international game, with the Olympics and everything. Just seeing the the women compete. That how much how much do you feel like that impacts uh, women's hockey at, at, at the collegiate level, at the junior, you know, at the youth level? Just seeing the the dominance that the women can put on and at the at the big stages like the Women's Championship or the, uh, or the Olympics and, and, uh, and how good they are and, and, and how much that in- might encourage a, a young girl or woman to want to wanna play hockey.
2: Yeah, I think it's just, you know, the overall skill development has just skyrocketed in the past decade or so. And we're seeing that in the Olympic Games, especially with U.S. and Canada playing in the championship so many times and the game growing so much in North America. I think it's easy to see that for us here. I can't speak for the European leagues and stuff, but... Um, you know, just even hearing guys talk about like the shootout at the last Olympics or how hard these girls are playing or how fast they are. I think that's great for not only girls to talk about it, for the guys game to also realize how important that is. And, you know, I think that's when, when it's going to start growing, when everybody realizes it and not just the girls.
0: Okay. So, uh, before we let you go, let's talk a little bit about this roster. Give us uh, a little thumbnail. You've got girls from all over, but who's standing out to you already this early in the year and who do you think is going to have the biggest years for you or some names you want to shout out? I know it's hard because you like them. You want to shout them all out, right?
2: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I will say with so many new players, there has been so many people impressing me. Um, You know, we, we already talked about Mason. Um, Brooklyn is a transfer from Adrian college. She has been impressing me a lot. Um, You know, just, having that eagerness to get to the net. Um, one of our freshmen, her name is Cameron Kozak. Um, she usually we are freshmen are a little bit timid, but she is so comfortable with the puck and confident in her game. And I'm very impressed with an 18 year old having that confidence. So love her game so far. And we're only three games in and um, you know, there's, I could shout out, I feel like, so many people. But the last person I'll say is uh, uh, Sydney Paulson. She is also a transfer. Um, so she transferred from St. Thomas in Minnesota. So when they elevated their program to Division One, she was unfortunately cut from the team and wasn't able to play last year. Um, so coming in this year, she just kind of had a fire under her. And, um, you know, she's been impressing us a lot too.
0: Okay, so I have to ask, just for Steven's sake, uh, Emily Klein, a Las Vegas girl playing with the junior Vegas golden Knights. What does that say about hockey in the West? And it is, is girls slash women's hockey close in Vegas. I mean, it has to be right.
2: Um, so Emily played on the boys team. Um, and Emily has also, she's not born in Vegas. Um, she also played in Minnesota. So, um, I don't know if I could attribute (laughs) Vegas to her development, but, um, yeah, she did end up playing boys hockey. Um, I personally do not know the girls hockey scene in Vegas. Um, but I know it helped her development playing with the boys there.
1: Well, and I should, we should mention this. Uh, there's actually going to be a big women's hockey uh, game here at, in December in, in, in Henderson at the Dollar Loan Center where the Henderson Silver Knights play. It's going to be Team USA and Team Canada women are going to play each other. So that's, that's going to be pretty exciting that, that, that there's going to be that kind of an event here in the Southwest area uh, at, the, at the women's level.
2: Absolutely. I think it's so important. I mean, I think Vegas is a pretty easy city to get to. Um, there's so many flights in and out of there from every location. So... I think, you know, hopefully they have a pretty good fan turnout.
0: Okay. I know you got to get ready because you've got a long trip ahead of you. So uh, safe travels, Lindsay. Thanks for joining us. I promise we'll have you on a lot, a lot more uh, and a lot sooner. So keep up the good work with what you're doing with ASU Women's Hockey and good luck in that new building. It's fantastic.
2: Thank you very much. Thanks for having me on.
0: All right, guys. That's uh, Lindsay Ellis, head coach with uh, – the Arizona State Women's Hockey Program. It is on the rise. There's definitely no doubt about that. Steven and I are going to take a quick break. We're going to come back and uh, talk a little more ACHA hockey on the Great West College Hockey Podcast in just a couple of minutes.
2: Passion, talent, development. NCAA hockey offers all that, and its players graduate at a 93% rate. Trevor Zegers. And they score on the lacrosse move. Castle. Castle Castle. Banks Castle. it towards the goal. he, the the he Stars on campus before the NHL stage. Whether you're a fan or a player, nothing compares to college hockey. My Visit collegehockeyink.com and follow at College Hockey.
0: Wait. ACHA D1 men's program on the East Coast and prepare yourself for life and career at Liberty University in Lynchburg Virginia. Sellout crowds, top competition and championship aspirations await you on our picturesque campus with state-of-the-art facilities, gifted faculty and over 700 programs of study to help you make an impact on and off the ice as well as your community training as a champion for Christ. Your faith in yourself and your belief are equally as strong see if liberty hockey and liberty university is right for you visit us at liberty.edu hello fans my name is hunter mozillo and i'm number 26 for the unlv skating rebels and you're listening to the great west college hockey podcast At Behind the Mask, we have all the little things that can make your time at the rink go smoother. Go to any of our three Valley locations or online at BehindTheMask.com. All right, and we're back the Great West College Hockey Podcast. Scott Strandy with you tonight in Tempe, Arizona. My co-host, as always, Stephen Marsh from that vibrant city of Las Vegas, Nevada. Stephen, you know the drill. Every time we have a guest on, we got to find out what you heard versus what I heard.
1: I guess I'm uh I'm batting lead off on this. I guess.
0: Yes, you are. Go <laughs> okay. uh, me down. <laughs> should
1: I shall I hit a home run or should I strike you out? <laughs> no, get
0: get yourself to second base and I'll drive you in. How about oh, there that? We,
1: there we go. <laughs> uh, Can we tell it's playoff baseball season. Yes, okay. Anyways, um, uh, you know, I I really liked one of the things I liked what she said about uh, just their team. I think. She she's even said it. She said that, you know, that's not the the level of competition among the whole Western Conference. Uh, WWCHL is not you know not maybe progressing as fast as it is on the the men's side. But you know, if you give it a few years, it can it can it can get there. That's why they have to make these these trips out east and stuff to play non conference games because they're going to be uh, a better competition. You know, we're seeing it on the men's side, of course, where it seems like one through ten for the most part it's pretty competitive games. Uh, It's not so much so case on the, on the women's side yet, but you know, I think we're still, we are seeing strides being made and just the, uh, the women's side and, and who can compete and who, who might come out victorious and stuff. I mean, there might be still a little bit of a gap between the top echelon of the women's division one and the rest of the pack. But, but I think this few years come, I think the gap was going to, to close uh, on that. Uh, So that was uh, good. I, and it, I'll just mention this is kind of a, an interesting point too was about Oceanside, and I and it told me that you know it, it's exciting about Molot Arena and and the the other rink Mountain Credit whatever the credit place is called on that um, it's uh, that'd
0: you know, be it's Mountain that America Credit Union
1: <laughs> Mountain America Credit Union okay <laughs> <laughs> um, you know it's it's exciting for that and then but Oceanside going to be closing down actually you know she she brought up a good point that. It's a shame that maybe it's closing because you need maybe you need more ice sheets, and, and now you're going to have one less ice sheet. But I think, I think over time that will be made up with other facilities. I mean, there's um, you know a place down in, in Tucson, although that's kind of a couple hours away still. They're going to have a, their own place at, at some point. And I think that was kind of – she mentioned the women's Arizona team. Uh, maybe get, getting a team in Arizona in the future. And I think a lot of that has to do with that new building that's going to be going up there. Well, I don't
0: I don't think there's an if in there, Stephen. I think she said 2024 there was going to yeah. be a team.
1: <laughs> yeah, and what else is happening in that year? Yeah, yeah so no coincidence there, right? But, uh, yeah, so I don't know. Those, those are coming kind of t- takeaways there. I, I, You know, it's just uh, to be able to play at Mullen Arena for them is, has got to be exciting too just, you know, from where they were few years ago to, to have that opportunity to play on that ice surface, just like the NCAA men had that first experience playing on, on Molot Arena and, and how far they've come as a, as a, as a program from their side and how far the, the women have, have come, um, you know, even if they're still ACHA, but just being able to have that moment to play a game there. Okay.
0: Um, you're on second base. Don't get picked off because I'm going to drive you in with a nice triple or something like that. Are you ready?
1: <laughs> I, i'm ready <laughs> okay. bottom of the ninth so we, we gotta yeah. we, we, we gotta get this
0: <laughs> here we go I, i've known Lindsay a long time since day one when she started this program and, and the work that she's put in and um there was never a doubt at least in my mind that she wasn't gonna go for the best talent that she could find anywhere in the country let me rattle off a couple of states where she's grabbed talent from massachusetts texas Minnesota. Uh, I am I, surprised, could...
1: surprised you didn't name that one first, Minnesota.
0: Uh, hold on. <laughs> Arizona, Illinois, Nevada, yeah. New Jersey, Ontario, Colorado, Ontario again, Alaska, Illinois, Ontario again, British Columbia twice, Wisconsin, Washington. Um, you want to talk about America's team? Uh, North Dakota. She's got a Bismarck girl on her team. Uh, you want to talk about uh, America's team in ACHA women's hockey. It's right here at Arizona State. She goes out and finds the talent wherever it may be, brings it in, meshes it together, and uh, she's not going to be happy until she's winning championships. And I said, yes, championships. She wants to win more than one, and she wants to win one every year if she can. So uh, I, I thought that was, uh, and, and uh, not just America, but wrong North- statement.
1: North America, because you mentioned yeah. Ontario in there, so it doesn't just include the United States in this
0: right so so she's using everything that she has and resources to bring in the very best talent and uh, arizona state and the state of arizona is a beneficiary if you get out and watch these girls play you'll know just how much uh, better they are than maybe what you saw five years ago when they were trying to get things rolling to have 29 players and she said not many coaches say i'm i'm happy to have scratches uh she is because she knows what it's like to have uh, injuries and try to put together rosters. I remember talking with Lindsey when she couldn't even put together a power play unit because she didn't have enough girls for, for power play or penalty kill specialty. She had to just put whoever she could out there. So kudos to her and her coaching staff for going out and getting uh, quality players. Okay, so that's number one. The second thing that I took away is her schedule. She builds, it's difficult, Steven. You gotta travel all over, there's a lot of cost. Um but she's taking her team to uh, to Amherst, Massachusetts and to Rhode Island. Uh, and then she's bringing some really big-name talent right here to the desert. When you talk about teams like um, Liberty and uh, St. Norbert, uh, they will go to Denver and play the University of Denver, but they'll bring Michigan here. They'll bring the University of Colorado to Tempe. They'll bring the University of Minnesota and Michigan State here. Um, that's how you. That's how you build this thing. This is how it gets bigger and better and starts to snowball. So, congratulations for not only building a great roster, but also uh, a really good uh, schedule as well. And again, you know, as many games as they can get into Mullet, the better, because that just helps uh, the recruiting process. It helps the parents. It helps the self-esteem of the girls. Quite frankly, um, you know, when you walk around there now and talk to the men's, uh, the men's guys. Uh, the men's players, I should say, um, they'll tell you, it's just, it's a little jump in their step. I asked coach powers on Tuesday about that. I said, uh, does it feel like, uh, like your rink yet? And, um, he said, well, it, it's kind of like, yeah, we know it's ours, but, uh, we, we, you know, it's not really set in yet. And, uh, you know, I told you this as well about, uh, Colorado college men's team last year. Um, yeah, it was a brand new building, but they told me it didn't feel like home until the summer when they were able to go in there and skate anytime, use the hot tub, cold tub, weight room, all of the amenities that were theirs, they were able to do so. Hopefully that that continues for Arizona State women because uh, they deserve it. I mean, they work this hard. Uh, they really should be an NCAA Division One program. And if anybody in Arizona State's listening, let's uh, let's figure out what it takes to get it done because you got a rising men's program. It's time to elevate the women's program and, and make something happen over there.
1: Yeah, I agree. And if it wasn't for you
0: in, Did you touch home yet or no? I,
1: I, I think so. I think I, okay. I think I slid in. I think
0: it was. Just, oh, you slid in. I slid yeah. in. Yeah. Why'd I know you'd slide? <laughs> um,
1: and, and, and if it wasn't for a, a, a pesky uh, NHL t- uh, team in Arizona, they might be they could be in there a lot more, in that. Uh, Molot arena, but uh, we know how that's, we know how that setup is, but uh, we we don't need to go down that rabbit hole for now, but um, yeah, I think it's, it's, it's great. What's, what's happening. I think, uh, I think just uh, the hockey in in general and on the women's side is, is continuing to, to get bigger and bigger. Um, I think there's more uh, intrigued for it. I think, you know, there's still a gap between the men's game and the women's game, I'm sure. But I think, as as the skill level of the women's side gets better i think people will want to will want to see that i think certainly what you see at the the biggest levels on the olympics and stuff i think people like enjoy that and they 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 see that and then you know they want to they want to replicate that so more more girls are going into hockey which is always uh exciting and uh, more people want to play this great sport so that's never a bad thing on that front
0: yeah, absolutely and i thought you brought up a good point when you said uh about the uh, USA Canadian series that'll be uh, be going on at um, at uh, Henderson at uh, Dollar Loan Center. I think that's to bring that to the Southwest again, and uh, you know the, the the women's national team uh, or a pro- professional women's team, maybe a little combination of both. I think played here. It's hard for me to remember back when, but uh, that was really good for for the growth of hockey too. But there's nothing like grassroots, right? You got to get out you got to cultivate what you want to, uh, to have as a program. You got to get out and, and uh, find those girls that compete and you got to be willing to put the program together. And this trip out to Massachusetts is a, is a good sign for what's going on with uh, Arizona state women's hockey. They have a, a great building now of their own here. Um, probably won't be their own till next year, really, but, um, you know, just practice there and, and to get a game or two in there is a positive thing. And then, to go out on the road and go to a place like uh, the Boston area, if you will, um, and kind of get a look at where this national tournament could be. and uh, You know what? That, that kind of puts uh, the carrot out in front of everything. It's like, here's where you could end up in March.
1: Yeah, you could end up there in March with all the clam chowder and all the
0: other stuff. That... Lobster rolls. Lobster rolls. Don't forget right. about dunk. You can get some <laughs> right. dunk there, too on all, every corner
1: all that you can all that you can get so uh, i'm sure that's you all
0: me up you knew it too <laughs> <laughs> yeah
1: well you know it's it's uh th- some people's cup of tea that kind of food and some for some people it's <laughs> it's not so
0: uh... <laughs> I love it. some i'll be eating love it.
1: the i'll be eating some boston pizzas probably what
0: i'll be eating. <laughs> okay so uh So anyway, that's what I took away. It's always great having having Lindsay on because she's so articulate and tells everything the way it is. So we appreciate that. But uh, give us an update on what's going on this weekend, Stephen. Just give us a quick mini Marsh whip around.
1: Well, before we do that, I want to recap what happened last week. And we kind of touched on that when we did did the rankings. But we want to mention this. The University of Oregon got a couple of wins this past weekend. They won in a shootout on Friday. Against the uh, University of Colorado at, uh, at CU, Bo- uh, CU Boulder Rec in uh, in Colorado, and then the next night they uh, they won four to one. So congratulations to the folks at Oregon getting their first two Division one wins at the uh, ACHA level. They're now two and two on the season. Uh, we go to uh, we had a big series in. Uh, Arizona State, as we mentioned, at Oceanside. Speaking of which, we had the men uh, M1 team playing Grand Canyon, and that was a sweep for Arizona State, 4, four two on on uh, on Friday, and then on Saturday it was even a bigger blowout. It was like seven to one was the score uh, on that night. So uh, Arizona State again, all the Arizona State teams are, are doing quite well so so far in this in the season. So that's there the other big ser- uh, other series in the wchl this past weekend was missouri state hosting oklahoma and i I was a sweep as well missouri state winning 4-0 on friday and then on saturday they won again by a score of six to one so they had a big weekend uh, missouri state did over oklahoma as oklahoma still trying to get some strings and wins together in uh, the other matchups too. We mentioned uh, we'll mention this a, a big series between uh, Liberty and Adrian College. Uh, Liberty taking and this was in uh, Adrian. You said you, you you got of course you've been there this summer. You got to see that place, and so this was a big matchup between Liberty and Adrian. Liberty getting the three uh, two shootout win on Friday against Adrian, and then on Saturday, uh, Adrian came back and beat them uh, or defeated them by a score of six to two. Liberty So Adrian now 700 and one. Liberty is five and three on the uh, young season. Uh, we mentioned that one. and then of Colorado State had a big weekend against San Diego State It's, it's Colorado State winning at home, nine to three over San Diego State on Friday and then on Saturday they won by a score of 10 to zero. So a big weekend for Colorado state as the offense really exploded on that weekend is San Diego state still trying to find their first wins. But again, this is they're new at the M one level. And of course with anything, there's usually going to be some growing pains for them. And I think they're finding that out just how much tougher the M one level is. And so they're still trying to find their first win, but we'll, uh, we'll keep ch- rooting for them to, to get their first win at some point this season. Hopefully they can get a few more than just one win, but, uh, but I haven't yet to get one yet, but uh, that'll come. That'll come. Got to get one to get
0: two, Stephen. <laughs> yeah.
1: You got to worry about getting the first one before you get that second one for sure. So we'll, we'll keep uh, following that. Okay. As for this weekend, it starts uh, tomorrow, actually, a Thursday matchup between Arizona and Michigan Dearborn, as Arizona's in Michigan this week to play uh, Michigan Dearborn for a pair of games. That starts uh, Thursday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time. And then on Friday, it's the same time as well.
0: Paul Horns would tell you that's the only time.
1: <laughs> the only time. Uh, <laughs> yeah, okay. Uh, Colorado State is some some uh, non-conference match. So Colorado State is going to be at Midland uh, this weekend on uh, Friday at least seven thirty Central Time. Uh, Grand Canyon is hosting Utah this weekend. Utah finally gets a home game. Utah's one and four to start the season. Their only win of the season. Comes actually in the hands of Grand Canyon in GCU, so now you, you uh, Utah going to finally get some home games here, as all five of their games to this point have been on the road. So they they get a, uh, their first weekend of games at home against Grand Canyon uh, this weekend. Uh, Central Oklahoma will be at Alabama. Uh, Missouri State's going to be at Colorado uh, in Boulder, and then uh, I think that's it. UNLV's off. I know. I think. Uh, uh, arizona is at michigan dearborn again tomorrow on friday and then saturday i believe is the big matchup for arizona is going to play adrian i think if i'm not mistaken
0: yeah it's a huge uh, weekend for the arizona wildcats no so doubt might,
1: about it we might make that our marquee matchup again would have to follow from afar but uh that would be one or i would be or or we could make the the utah gcu games marquee matchups but um unfortunately we can't be there in person for it but we can at least follow from afar like we did last week and with uh, with the uh, asu and grand canyon um we mentioned missouri state will also be in colorado and uh, so yeah so basically the same team's playing each other except as i mentioned arizona will be at adrian on saturday to take on adrian college so that'll be a big matchup for arizona As arizona it's it's gonna that's gonna be tough easier for them but they did that by design they wanted these tough games uh, especially in the early going so
0: And of course, on the women's side, uh, ASU headed out to uh, Massachusetts, UMass Amherst on uh, Friday and Saturday, and the University of Rhode Island on Sunday. Good luck to uh, all the teams that we cover in the WCHL and the WWCHL. So if you like it, you want to follow us, we uh, highly recommend you subscribe. Uh, If you want to be on the show, by all means, let us know. We'd love to have you on and, uh, and talk some ACHA hockey on the Great West College Hockey Podcast. Take it away, well,
1: my friend. Well, this is well, speaking. You got of, something else. <laughs> well, speaking. Of, uh, speaking of the women's side, real quick. This is kind of one of those weekends where it kind of works out on a crossover kind of, or not crossover, but the uh, perfect timing is that the women's uh, one Grand Canyon team will be at Utah as well. Uh, they'll play the uh, at an earlier time, so the the men teams, M1 teams, will play each other. And the women's one teams will be playing each other, so that's gotta be cool. And I I would hope that the men's teams would come and watch their women counterparts play uh, earlier that day. So that's
0: that's kind of there you cool. go, Steven selling tickets for you.
1: <laughs> I'm trying I'm trying AJ to get you some some people for your games <laughs> AJ and company up there in Utah. <laughs>
0: nice job, Steven. I appreciate it. All right, get get to the read, and uh, I will tell everybody a big apology for uh, not being able to get some of the ads up yet. A uh, little transition on electronics. Once that's done, we expect everything to be back to normal next week. What
1: well, we're going we're gonna to get to do right now is we talk about from the Summer Skate Studios, the Great West College Hockey Podcast was brought to you by the University of Arizona. ACHA D1 Hockey, a rich history, past, present, and future. By Summer Skates, whether you choose our original red, a custom logo, or our new black shower shoes, show off your game with style at summerskates.com. Caesars Entertainment Resorts and Casinos. No one does entertainment destinations better. UNLV Hockey. ACHA Division I Hockey and a world-class education in any of our 300 majors. My M-Drive. Real people, real results. Try M-Drive Boost to look and feel your best. The University of Oklahoma. Celebrating 20 years of Sooner Hockey. The action you crave, only faster. For ticket information and more, go to ouhockey.net. Jesse Bray's Barbecue, 5611 South Valley View Boulevard in Las Vegas and 308 North Boulder Highway in Henderson. Via loaded in Vegas dish or a rack of ribs, this is barbecue, Las Vegas style. San Diego State University, 200 undergraduate programs and the top college hockey in California at sdsuhockey.com and sdsu.edu. Inn and suites our quality and value have earned us 16 straight jd power awards book your stay at druryhotels.com liberty university strengthen your faith your game and your education at liberty.edu at t get more with unlimited your way get the perfect plan for each member of your family central oklahoma university championship culture On the ice and in the classroom, see if Oklahoma's Metropolitan University is for you at uco.edu or ucohockey.com. The Great West College Hockey Podcast and all the Ice Time Hockey West podcasts are live every week on the Podbean app, available for download at Apple Podcasts, Podbean, the Google Play Store, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, and on the TuneIn app. Just ask Alexa to turn on your ITHSW podcasts. The Great West College Hockey Podcast is a part of the IceTimeHockeyWest.com network.
0: All right. Very well done, my friend. Enjoy the uh, AHL hockey action tonight. And, uh, you and I will be back next Wednesday. Paul Hornstein and myself will be here on uh, Sunday, Monday, and Tuesday, bringing you NCAA podcasts as we are the quad pod of uh, hockey podcasts, Easy for me to say. All right. Our thanks to Lindsay Ellis head coach from uh, Arizona state for joining us today. And, uh, of course, uh, We love having uh, the women's hockey talk. Uh, They do a great job there. It's great to see them at Mullet Arena. And um, enjoy the night. Good night, everybody.